Awesome. So today I have my good friend, good friend. Gosh, I never edit podcasts. So fuck it. Um, Sam, Sam, can you pronounce your last name for me? Because I always mess it up. Ecclestone. Ecclestone. So I don't mess it up. Okay. I just like, I'm very self-conscious about it. So this is my friend, Sam Ecclestone. Now me and Sam go at this point, like a couple of years back, but she was at my wedding. Um, she is from Canada right? But I'll let her give you a little bit more of an intro of like who you are. So Sam, this is a loaded question. And Sam Norman was like, shit, I don't know how to answer that. Uh, different Sam, right? We like Sam's here. But um, Sam, who are you? Like, who? Damn. Okay. I, I mean, I even heard that on that podcast and I'm still not prepared for that question. Um, um, did you who am- yeah, right. Um. I am honestly just a girl trying to figure out who the hell she wants to be in this world. Okay. Um, I feel like it's been like a couple of years of like some serious self-discovery going on and learning to not conform or have to conform to societal norms because that's what you assume. Um, And that's stir a lot of pots. And I'm learning that that's become part of who I am and who I'm becoming is like, someone who's just confident in who she is and the presence that she has in this world and not feeling like I'm ever too much for anybody. You're telling me that you've been somebody who wasn't really confident in who they were because you were always like, oh, I'm too much for people. But now at this point in your life, after struggling with that for so long, you feel like you can be whoever the fuck you want to be, correct? Amen. Hell yeah. I love hearing that because I know when we first met, what has it been like two years at this point? Yeah. Yeah. When we first met, you definitely weren't that Sam. You definitely thought you were too much for people and you were afraid to show who you were. 100%. 100%. Yeah. The last couple of years have been incredibly, an incredible season of growth, like you said. And I've been blessed to be able to witness it. Like, when I was your coach, but now as like a friend and just watching it, it's been so fucking cool, which is why I wanted to have you on this podcast, because I knew that your story from the beginning to where you are now is going to make an incredible impact on somebody who might be in that position where they aren't feeling comfortable or confident in who they are. And they want to be where you're at. And you can kind of help direct them and show them that it hasn't been rainbows and butterflies and fucking unicorns. It's been actually very, very far from that. So let's start from you know, how did you get into fitness? Because first off, Sam also forgot to mention that she is a coach for Hidden Summit. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that, so she's that a coach is my for Hidden Summit right now. She's also a dog mom. She's a wife. She's a Canadian. So proud can- Canada maple leaves and maple syrup and shit like that. What can I say? Hey, <laughs> so let's start from the fitness because that's, I feel like where so many people like transform their life, right? How did you first get into fitness? Where did that all start? Yeah. So honestly, it kind of takes me like way back when you say, you know, where did it all start for you in fitness? And 
honestly, I was the kid that asked for sick notes to get out of gym class. I avoided track and field days like it was the plague because I was that overweight kid. And like, if you've ever heard of the movie title, The Duff, um, it's it's the dumb, ugly, fat friend that like when that movie came out, I was like, oh, my God, I finally put a statement to the way that I felt as a kid. Yeah. Honestly, that's how I did feel. And, you know, like I was I'm not coordinated. Anybody who knows me knows I am not a coordinated human being. I have zero rhythm. And so like sports were not something that I was ever very good at. I just always told myself I was not built to run. So like that was totally not up my alley. Um, and so I avoided physical activity, like the plague, because it was just, it was uncomfortable. And, you know, it was not something that was part of my upbringing. I was not put in extracurriculars or sports or anything like that. So any exposure I had was just school. And then you're running with, you know, all these other kids who are leaner, fitter, they've been playing sports since they were young. And you're just like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a no-go. I'm just going to accept that, you know, sick note. And I'm just going to take a step back. Um, and so I feel, like, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that because so many people have this wrong representation of like a coach or a trainer or somebody who's into fitness where they think that that person has been an athlete their whole life or that it's been quote unquote easy for them to be able to get into that. But coming from like a place of being completely on the other side, like hating it and not wanting to do it and doing everything you possibly could to get out of it. That's, that's a lot of people's story right now you know? Yeah. And like growing up, like my parents were workaholics. My mom worked all day. My dad worked all night. And so I was home alone a lot and food was there for me. And I'll be honest, I was never told no. Like I loved grocery shopping with my mom on the weekend because I knew that I was going to get to pick whatever I wanted off the shelves. And that was going to be my snacks for the week. Like toaster strudels for breakfast. Great. Right. Like those like weird zappos or like frozen mac and cheeses after school for a snack like awesome nobody told me no so mm-hmm. in that process I was also never taught portion sizing or what a vegetable was like it was just me and food we, we had a great relationship and so being that overweight kid who didn't really know how to regulate with food that's just kind of the trajectory that I went so when I went to high school it was kind of the same thing but because I was never the chosen one I always felt like that duff like that fat friend um not never like fully accepted I was a chameleon and like still to this day that's part of like my identity is being a chameleon I get along with everybody I love hard right and everybody is welcome into my circle there's always room at my table and that has always been part of who I was but I also associated that with being that fat friend Mm -hmm. and so I just wanted I wanted that same thing in return. I wanted that love. And, you know, in high school, the first boy that ever showed me attention, I accepted. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is great. Yep. But also this is, this is the best you're ever going to get. Mm-hmm. Nobody else has ever been interested in you. Why would you think that there's somebody else out there? You've just got to be okay with this and take it for what it is. So that's what I did. I was a naive teenager who didn't really have a lot of support or guidance. And that's what I did. And in that, I fell into a really toxic, abusive relationship where he used fitness against me. And so not only in that relationship was my body not my own, I was also forced to work out because he felt that I needed to look differently. And he thought that by me training, it looked better to his friends. Mm. So that's you found fitness because 
a boy who you just settled for because you were afraid you weren't going to get anything else. And he showed you a little bit of love and attention. He wanted you to change because he wasn't happy with who you were. So that's how you got into fitness. And that went on for six and a half years. Damn. Or I, yeah. And then when I got out of that relationship, I had such a toxic relationship with fitness. I was like, no, no, no. Like this, this is not my thing. Like, yep. but then I was also uncomfortable in my own skin. Mm. And in that relationship, he had done such a really great job of isolating me. I had nobody. I basically had my parents. I had no friends. I had no ex- like extended family, nothing. And so I was so lonely and so isolated and unhappy with who I was because I didn't know who I was anymore. All yeah. of my interests were his. All of my friends were his. I wore clothes because those were the ones that he told me I could wear. Like the music I listened to was what he listened to. I had nothing. I had no autonomy. And so coming out of that, I was like, well, shit, who the hell am I? And who do I want to be? Because there's nobody here telling me anything. Yeah. So then I hired a coach. I hired an online coach who wrote me a program. He sent me a meal plan. And I kid you not, Caitlin, it consisted of an English muffin with peanut butter and banana for breakfast, a protein shake at lunch, and then tilapia and broccoli with a little bit of rice for dinner. And I ate that every single day for three months. That Did makes I- my head actually spit. That actually makes me angry. Like, do you see fumes yeah. coming from my ears? Because that's how I feel when I hear about that. Because first of all, English muffin with peanut butter and banana, that's fucking delicious. But where is the protein? Okay. Like, thank you, fitness trainer, for your lovely meal plan that you've given to 5,000 other people. Um, But you did it. You did it for three months. And that's, you know, it's funny. People think they don't have discipline, but they have the discipline to do something that awful for three months, you know? Yeah. And like the training sessions, I was in the gym five days a week for at least two hours. Damn. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right? But stressed as fuck. Well, but I had nothing else. Yeah, that was that was who you were at that point. Exactly. I had nothing else to occupy my time. So I'm like, well, why not? I'll just pour into myself. Mm. But then I got I got to a physique I was a little more happy with. Maybe not like where I wanted to be, like that ideal end goal type physique. But I was like, okay, we're seeing something here. And then I met my now husband and you go through the honeymoon phase, you know, all the dates and the... I don't want to say no when I'm with him because then that kind of like looks weird. And then you're hanging out with the friends and like all the things. And so I had to navigate to like all the trauma of that past relationship with a new healthy relationship where yeah. he loved and supported me through everything. Mm-hmm. And when I said that I wanted to like explore fitness and like really get back to like feeling my healthiest self because I love lifting heavy weights. Like that is my jam. That is where I took back that power over my body was by lifting heavy weights. And so like in the hidden summit community, we always love to say like, we build our outside strong to build our inside stronger. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes it starts on the outside to build inside. And that's how I felt yeah. lifting like deadlifting heavy squats that healed my soul. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, I, I kind of want to get back into it. And so I did. And so like, I was kind of like spotty for a while, like really inconsistent. So we know like inconsistency leads to zero results. Absolutely. Um, but you know, we were still dabbling. We had the idea. Yeah. And then 
shoot to two years ago, I unfortunately had a miscarriage. And so at the time, that was absolutely earth shattering because my husband and I had put so much stock into becoming parents because that's what we felt we had to do. That's just what you do. You meet somebody, you buy a house, you get married, you have babies. Babies. Now, question, time out. Did you feel forced into children or do you actually want children? So we felt forced. Mm -hmm. I won't lie. Um, But it didn't come out that way. We didn't have that conversation until we miscarried. And we were stuck. Yeah. And we were stuck being like, now what? Because what we went through, what every woman who has a miscarriage goes through, it's everybody's situation is different, but in its own right, it is traumatic. And we had a lot of healthcare, like medical bullcrap that went on with it. Um, and we were just like, do we actually want to do this again? Like to, to have a kid, we have to risk going through this all over again. Like, are we there? And I can tell you as somebody who has like an insane phobia of needles, no, no, I, no, I was not ready to go there. Um, but after that experience, when we were like shattered and like so low, that's when we were forced to say like, you know, like, did this happen for a reason? Yeah. Like, because truly what, what helped me get through that was simply the mindset of like every challenge is an opportunity. I know that I was not given this because I'm somebody personally who believes that life does not happen to me. It happens for me. So even in the thick of the chaos and the grief and the loss, what was I destined to get out of this? And so the more we explored that, the more it's like, maybe, maybe this was not where we were supposed to go. And the fact that we were both on the exact same page was like, oh, it's no longer like one party wants a kid and the other doesn't. It's like, we were both kind of just feeling like we were going through societal's expectations for us and accepting that as our future, because that's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I met you like shortly after the miscarriage. And the craziest part about it is like, I never knew you as somebody who didn't smile or who didn't look at the positive out of every situation, even when it was like such a horrible thing that happened and you struggled a lot with it. It literally transformed you. You did a complete 360 after that. Like literally you're a completely different person from when I first met you. Yeah. And like, so I, I knew I was miscarrying the medical system failed me. I ended up like having to have, um, I basically had a dead baby in my belly for six weeks, but because the doctors refused to help me. Mm -hmm. Um, and they just said, you'll deal with it on your own. It's like, great. great." So the trauma that came with that, um, but the day that the doctor told me that, was the day that I decided to start 75 hard. Yep. I remember that so vividly because I was like, holy shit. If this girl can literally say, you know what? I'm not even going to go through the process of dealing with like the grief. I'm going to yeah. transform my life and take take control because there's yeah. nowhere to go from here but up. Exactly. And I was so afraid. I was so afraid that that grief was going to be all consuming And I knew, like, I knew, I know what my unhealthy coping habits are. Like, I won't pretend. I'm not naive. I know what they are. It would be booze. It would be, it would be sweets. It would be all the snacks. But where would that get me? Mm -hmm. I knew that wasn't going to get me ahead. It wasn't going to help me process the grief. It wasn't going to change the outcome 
of what we were going through. But I knew that by tackling something like 75 hard, it was going to give me something positive to focus on. And everybody has their own, you know, thoughts and opinions on 75 hard. And I truly believe that in that season of my life, 75 hard saved me. Yeah. It changed my life because instead of focusing on grief and all the negativity, I got to focus on something positive that took care of me. And it had me processing. It had me taking those walks outside, even if it was 11 PM at night to sit with my thoughts and think, to listen to worship music and feel healed and seen and heard. Like it was the opportunity for me to heal. And so when I came out of 75 heart, I was like, whoa, man, I, I feel good. Like I'm proud of myself. I took care of myself. We're through the thick of it, but now what's next? Yeah. 75 hard literally saved your life. And it did the same thing for me. And I think that so many people have such a, such an, wrong mindset towards 75 hard they think oh well it's it's not healthy to work out twice a day every single day with no rest days it's not healthy to do it's not about the fucking fitness it's not about like that's just like a perk like you if you do it with intent you're going to have a better physique you're going to be stronger you're going to be healthier the the purpose of it is to prove to yourself that you can do hard shit when you don't want to do it because most people fold far before they're even close to their limit yeah, 100%. Right. And that's the thing, like coming out of that, it's like, I know that there's more to my life than this. Yeah. And, you know, coming out of that, after having all that time to spend with myself, to genuinely take 75 days to just pour into myself and heal. It's like, I want other people to feel this. Yeah. How do I get there? Right. And so that's where like, I joined with Hidden Summit as a client. I continued to pursue the education. I continued to mingle and connect with people because we know that community is a huge part of our journey. We're not meant to go it alone because the journey itself is isolating. You, you have to work on yourself alone because nobody else can do it for you, but you don't have to go it alone, right? And so that was a huge part of my journey was just being able to connect and support and lean on other people and in the process, inspire them to know that their past experiences don't define them. Yeah, They do. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. After 75 hard, that's when I met you. Like, I think when we yeah. were finishing up 75 hard you were like, what's next? And I was like, Hey, so I'm doing this eight week challenge with first form. All you have to do is download the app. We'll hop on a call. We'll talk about what you want to do and we'll figure it out. And that's when we first met. And I had no idea that that conversation would turn into what it is now. You know, isn't that crazy how life works? Oh, it's so wild. Like to be able to be like, okay, this random girl, I, th- I don't even know how I fucking found you on Instagram. I'm pretty sure I just randomly commented on one of your posts. Cause that's what I was doing at the time is searching hashtags and commenting on people's posts to be able to create uh, more like people to help. Right. And you were one of those people who was like, Hey, I need help. And um, you seem like a cool person. So we worked together in the first format for, I don't even know how long I want to say, maybe like four, six months. I don't know. But then I became a coach at hidden summit and I was like, Hey, you need to be a part of this shit because this is, this is bigger than you could ever imagine. And it's going to just get even bigger. So we hopped on a call with Kevin together and that's when it was like, yeah, I fucking need this. Right. So I want to, I want to hear your thoughts of kind of like, what made you go into Hidden Summit? Because it's it's an investment, right? It was it was completely different from what you were doing with the first format where it's 
fucking $12 a month and you're getting coaching. Like what made you jump from this to going all in with Hidden Summit? It's funny you bring it up that way because I remember that first call with Calvin and, you know, I knew it was going to be more money than, than I mentally had prepared for. Right. Because I personally, it was also one of those people because I never, I never really think I thought that it was possible for me. Like there was always that self-doubt. Like even when you joined a gym, it's like, well, I'm not going to really use it anyway. So why am I going to buy an expensive one? So I've always bought the cheap gym membership or the cheap at-home gym equipment because I don't know that I ever really believed in myself enough to think that it was actually possible to get the results I wanted because I was so used to letting myself down. Yeah, that's what I just expected of myself to do over again because as a professional yo-yo dieter, I am Sam, that's what I got used to was just, always letting myself down. So that's what I knew. And so when I got on the call with Kevin, it's like, I was just like, you know, Sam, you're going to have to be prepared to invest because you're worth investing. And I was at that point where I had done enough work on myself, like internally and healing the bull crap that always held me back. The experiences that I went through that for the longest time I hid behind. I hid behind my abusive relationship. I hid behind the fact that my parents were workaholics as a kid and I felt neglected. I hid behind the miscarriage for a little while before I pulled my own head out of my butt and said, there's more to life than this. I want more. And that call with Kevin, he's like, this is where you go all in on you. It's like, soul. Because I'm ready. Yeah, and you fucking did. Damn right. And I never looked back. No. So from the time that you started 75 hard to now, uh, I know like weight isn't like a huge thing, but what, what, what's the scale like difference? 50 pounds, baby. 50 fucking pounds. And, um, it's not just like, Hey, I lost 50 pounds. It's like, I lost a lot of body fat and now I'm building muscle and recomposition or recomposing my entire body, you know? Yeah. My goal is just to be strong as shit. Right. I, and I love that fucking goal because like you said earlier, is like lifting heavy weights is what lights your soul on fire. Like it gives you that power and there's nothing more empowering than literally being able to lift like heavy shit off the ground. Because if you can do hard things like that and push your body in training, then what else can you do just in life in general? Absolutely. It's like that mental toughness piece of 75 hard you were talking about, right? Like if you can walk your butt up to that heavy, heavy deadlift bar and you're just like, I got this and you're amping yourself up and you do it. And you hit that one rep max, maybe even working at it for a month, like nothing beats that high that you get from proving yourself wrong. Yeah. Of being like, look, I did that. Yeah. Because I know you've been there. You walk up to the bar and you're like, I ain't got this. Yep. And guess what? And you don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. You don't no got it. Chance. <laughs> that shit ain't moving. <laughs> but the, the crazy part is like, I think one of the biggest things that weight training, resistance training, tough training teaches you is that you have to work really fucking hard at something if you want to see a result. Because you're not going to go into the gym and lally gag around and just earn results. That's not how it works. But when you actually put the time, the effort, and the energy into it, every single day, consistently, two months later, you look back and you're like, holy shit, look at what I've been able to accomplish. But by just showing up for myself, even on the days where I really didn't fucking want to show up, you know? Absolutely. And that's the thing, like, in the process of all the heavy lifting, like I realized, cause like I always struggled with weight, but I'll be honest. I never ever in my life was like, I want to be one of those skinny girls. 
That was never my goal either. So I never really had a image in my mind of like what I was ever striving for. And I finally now know that it's like, I describe it as fit thick. Like I want to normalize just being a fit, thick woman and not like I eat snacks and lift, but like my physique represents the hard training that I do, but also the fact that I feel right. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't have a goal of competing in any competitions or anything. Like I'm just, I'm not a competitive person that way. I'm competitive with myself, which is good, but not necessarily in like a competition format, but it's like, yeah. I, I want to normalize being a thick woman who's jacked. Yeah. I, I want to lift more than my husband. What can I say? Fuck yeah. Not, that makes me excited. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I love how you also added the piece to be like, it's not like I'm eating snacks all day because I will admit you probably have one of the, like you eat so fucking clean when it comes to like the amount of nutrient dense whole foods that you eat. Like every time I see you post on Instagram, like this girl's got it. Like, and that's how it should be. It should be like nourishing your body with real food. The amount of people who eat so much of this, like Franken food crap because, Oh, it fits my macros. I'm like, yeah, it does. But like, there's a difference between how your body's processing it and the amount of stress and inflammation that's being put on your body and what you're getting out of it. Absolutely. And I give like a hundred percent credit to, you know, all and figuring out what the, what the right ratios are for my body to the fact that I now have hunger signals that I haven't had in years because of the trauma and experiences that I had. Yeah. Yeah. I remember last week you messaged me and you were like, uh, my hormones are not doing well. Here's what I'm dealing with. And it was just like red flag after red flag after red flag. And I was like, Hey, why don't you just increase a little bit, not even crazy, but we've been no. able to, I mean, when we first started working together, you were eating like what, 1600 calories, maybe something like that, probably. Yeah. And then you went up to 2,100 and you were in the process of recomping your body, gaining muscle, losing mm-hmm. body fat, performing better. You started turning into like a badass. Like when we were at the hidden summit, uh, conference, down in Florida, uh, you were training with people who are like competitive CrossFit people. You know what I mean? And that was definitely intimidating, but I mean, we survived. (laughs) You fucking survived and you did hard (laughs) shit and we got eaten alive by sand fleas, but that's fine. Girl, that was a mess. That's a story that nobody knows. I, I, the amount of times I've told people, like, you know, that, that workout on the beach that we did that looked so badass. Yeah. All of us were miserable for like a week and thought we all had bed bugs. But nobody talked about it. And nobody, (laughs) and it's funny because I just like randomly one day posted in the Hidden Summit coaches chat and I was like, Hey, does anybody have like a ton of bites on their legs? Cause I can't sleep. I'm scratching myself so much. And then like, four people responded was like, yes, me. And I was like, okay, cool. Cause I was afraid that I had bed bugs in the hotel, but you know, that's the funniest part is like, we have all these great memories and we laugh together. We cry together. Um, but before we uh, wrap it up, I really want to ask you like, what got you to say, okay, I am a client at hidden summit, but I want to be a coach at hidden summit because you fucking did that. Cause now you're a coach, right? How did that happen? Honestly, it came from a place of like, I want other people to know that this is possible for them too. And I wanted to be able to have a direct impact. And I know that I people well, I love connecting with people that sets my soul on fire. So I knew that having a a connection-based coaching was just like totally up my alley, which is exactly what Hidden Summit does, right? 
Um, and so it's just like, I want to be a part of this. Like this company was a huge part of my journey. And I want to be a part of making sure that other people that I get the chance to impact that many more people and contribute to building this community because so much amazing connecting and growth and inspiration happens in that place. Right. And I feel like I, I want to take advantage of the fact that everything that I went through, I went through for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it was meant to be silent and to keep locked in a little pretty box and put in a closet. I think it was meant for me to share and open up about and be vulnerable about. It's not always easy sharing my story, but if it helps just one person believe that what they're going through right now sucks, but it's going to get better if they keep fighting forward, then it's worth it. If there are past experiences, if they know that what they're going through or what they've been through doesn't have to define them and, you know, lead the way for the trajectory of the rest of their life and that there's more out there for them, it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, you're doing a really good job of that. Like seriously. Um, yeah. So I'm really, really happy that you came onto the podcast. I know you were a little bit scared to do it. Everybody is every <laughs> single time I have somebody on the podcast. They're like, okay, I'm a little bit nervous, but we're just having a conversation about you. And Sam, your story is going to help so many people. I can already tell you, like, this is going to be a really good episode. So Guys, if you got value from this episode, if you got value from hearing Sam's story, please share it with as many people as possible. Spread the mission and do one thing today that's going to take you one step closer to where you want to be.